Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. Is anyone else struggling with what to wear these days? I've been pretty frustrated with getting dressed over the last few months as I've navigated body changes, and some days I quite literally have no idea what to wear. Enter Armoire. Armoire allows you to rent high-quality designer clothing for every occasion. When I signed up, I took a style quiz, and based on my preferences, they offered suggestions that would best match my life. I've been renting clothes from Armoire for a while now, and the more I rent, the more on point the suggestions get. Plus, you send what you wear back, which is a great way to try new styles without waste. Armoire also has such a fantastic range of options. Whether you're planning an outfit for a date night, packing for a conference, or maybe a family event, or just need some updated options for everyday life, you'll be the best-dressed person in the room without ever having to find time for an exhausting shopping day. Right now, Didn't I Just Feed You listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash D-I-J-F-Y. That is armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-I-J-F-Y to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. Do you ever feel like you're in a never-ending cycle of snacks and meals? We get it. That's why we're excited to share HomeThreads, the ultimate solution for creating a stylish and functional family space. At homethreads.com, Discover furniture that can handle the chaos of family life. From wipeable dining chairs to kitchen tables and light fixtures. Or you can just freshen up your kitchen with trays, counter lamps, decor, and other affordable accents that will help you update your kitchen into a room you love spending time in. Head over to homethreads.com slash D-I-J-F-Y, short for didn't I just feed you, to get a code for 15% off your first order. Because if you're going to be feeding them three times a day, plus snacks, you deserve a home that feeds your style. Homethreads, love where you live. That's homethreads.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y today to get 15% off your first order. Here's a podcast we think you should really check out. Last Day is a new podcast from Lemonada Media about the things that are killing us. Now, this may sound bleak and depressing, but best-selling author Stephanie Whittles-Wax, who lost her brother to an overdose in 2015, hosts the show with humanity, wit, and a quest for progress. Season one explores the opiate crisis. Last Day zooms in on one person's last day of life, explores how they got there, and then zooms out to understand the bigger picture with an ear toward solutions. It's chilling and important. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts. So I buy one fancy cheese. The rest is just cube cheddar, like the basics. I take it off that plastic tray and I just rearrange it on my own tray and I start adding just like three or four homemade elements and then flowers. And nobody knows that most of that was a very affordable, very easy to buy supermarket cheese plate. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You? A podcast about feeding us kids. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. That was my serial killer voice. It comes out when I don't even know it. Do you remember that? Do you remember that story? <laughs> yeah, was it Isaac who was yeah. like, he, he says, like a serial killer. Yeah, he was like, when, when you, do, you that. do that, like when my friends are over and you like sing song your words, it's like weird and serial killer-ish. Okay, but like how much exposure has he really had to serial killers? 
That's a question I have. I'd like to put you on a mini episode with Isaac to talk about it. I think we should do that. Let's do that in 2020. Let's have our kids on mini episodes. Oh, yes. And even just do mini episodes in general. We're doing it. It's happening. We're doing it. It's so happening. It's happening because we also asked our amazing listeners who like uh, love them so much. We have this listeners group on Facebook that if you guys don't know about, you can find us on Facebook, also on Instagram as at didn't I just feed you. And you just click the group. It's private. So you'll be prompted to ask a question. I mean, answer a question. And the answer is whiskey or painkiller or your favorite cocktail. But do it. Like join us and actually answer the question. We'll let you in. And people got psyched about the idea of mini episodes. Just one of us taking the mic for like 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah. So it's, it's on. happening. It's, it's on. happening, you guys. It's on the schedule. Also on the schedule, yeah. and we should mention, is that this is the last episode of 2019. We are going to take a two-week break for the holidays. And then we'll be back in January with Catherine McCord of Wheelicious, who has a new smoothie book coming out just in time for the, the new year, new you theme of January. Love it. I'm so excited to speak with Catherine again. She's always such a fantastic guest with so many tips and tricks. And I know that people are really into her smoothie project, like what the different add-ons are and like how she we has can a whole save money. pantry like yeah. you do. Yes. Can I just say, though, that this episode is not that. It is the exact no, opposite. In fact, oh you're right. I didn't even get that. I didn't put it together. We're going to talk about cheese. Oh my gosh. Cheese me. This is the episode you guys have been waiting for. <laughs> cheese me. Um, more specifically, we're going to talk about making cheese boards and snack boards for the holidays because this is like a food trend that's not going away and is actually like an easy and smart way to feed your family, to feed guests. I make myself a little snack plate or cheese plate sometimes for lunch. Yes. Yes. Megan, also, we have to tell them we launched our first little products. Yes. Ah! Cheese me. You can get that written on a tote. You can get that written on a mug and you know you want it. So treat yourself before the end of the year and make sure to hop onto the show notes for this episode where we'll have all the information where you can buy a cheese me mug or a cheese me tote. If you use your mug for wine, we won't be mad. We'll actually feel like that's kismet. That's actually what it's for. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. So (laughs) kid-friendly cheese plates. Family-friendly cheese plates. The cheese plates to rule them all. I have a a genuine question for you. Yes. Do you do cheese plates as dinner for your family? Not usually. Not like just the cheese plate, but I have done like a snack board that has a lot of cheese on it, but then I'll probably put like pierogies and like... Like, I'll go a little heavier on the meat or the protein because my kids will just eat cheese and crackers only. Yeah. And so if it's dinner, I like to try to balance it out by going heavier on the vegetables, adding some fruit, although my kids will also just eat fruit for dinner too. Yeah. Which is not my favorite. But like I said, adding that like something heftier that's easy to just throw on a board, like even those little mini sausages, 
I think turns it into a like dinner worthy meal in terms of like nutrition and like filling their bellies. Yeah, I agree. I do find if I have a cheese or a snack board, my kids actually, their defenses are down (laughs) and they're more likely to eat vegetables and fruit than they are if it's like just a a vegetable side to something else, which is really interesting. Totally. It's also one of the places I like to introduce new foods because it feels like it's just a bite. Like it's not a whole serving of something on your plate and intimidating. Um, So it's another reason why I love cheese plates. And for a while we did, we we call it snack platter in our house. We did snack platter once a week. Or once every other week as um, as dinner. I also think this is an idea when you're thinking about it for feeding your family. But I also think this can work if it's a little fussy. But it looks beautiful if you're entertaining too. Because I think we should touch on both scenarios since it's the oh, holiday absolutely. season. absolutely. Yeah. But if you take a like cube or a little cut of cheese and instead of having that ham prosciutto smoked turkey whatever it is like rolled up on the side in its own little corner actually like rip it up into little pieces with a piece of fruit maybe and put it on a toothpick that's another great way to kind of like secret mind control your kids into eating more than just the crackers let's not pretend that we don't do that yeah right secret mind control Because then you like you're kind of over time, they're eating a whole piece of ham because they want that fruit and that cheese and it's all on a little toothpick together or a little mini skewer. Actually, speaking of Catherine McCord, in October or November, she had this really great little like or maybe it was in her Instagram stories or maybe it was a post in her feed on Instagram about how like serving new food with with a toothpick to like pick it up and dip it into something else in like engages kids. They just think that's super fun and it's another way to just get them to eat like roasted squash or like a new kind of apple or a fruit that or vegetable that maybe they don't think they like is like serve it with the toothpick and something to dip it in. I love that. Also, like the same idea, rolling stuff in a protein. Like if your kids love pepperoni or I don't know, prosciutto or soppressata, one of those like beautiful cured meats, like cut it real thin. And now a lot of supermarkets carry um, pre-sliced, very thin, which is nice yeah. and helpful. Like when you're just trying to put something beautiful together quickly and wrap that around the cheese or the piece of fruit, like similar to the way you might find prosciutto wrapped around melon, mm-hmm. but like, it doesn't have to be fancy like that prosciutto and melon. It could literally be pepperoni and, uh, string cheese, yeah. cut the string cheese into little pieces and wrap it around. But again, you're kind of Instead of suggesting the pair by having both of those things on the board, you're actually making the pairing happen (laughs) and then kids will pick it up and eat it that way. So again, a little more control. Yeah. And I think grownups actually appreciate that. Have you ever served a cheese board or like cheese as an appetizer and one of your friends is like, so like, am I supposed to pair this with that yes, dip that's yes, right there? Or yeah. they're like, oh, so wait, does this go with the apples? And really, they're, I mean, it's, che- it's apples and f- cheese and fruit and veggies. Like, you can't really go wrong with pairings, but sometimes you are trying to make the suggestion. So having some part of your cheese board, like, already assembled as a pairing is actually just, like, a brilliant way to make people feel more comfortable about approaching a beautiful cheese platter. Like, start here. Here's one pairing already set up for you. I love that. I think that that's super smart. I also, this is like a geeky food media thing. I think we're going to continue to see a rising trend in 2020 of 
grazing tables, which are like giant snack boards or cheese boards where it's like there's brown paper spread over a table. And then there's all these layers and levels of like, maybe there's pigs in a blanket and maybe there's also like a cheese section and a veggie sec- section. So it's kind of like snack boards on steroids. Yeah. I'm glad that you brought that up because I think that cheese boards have become so popular and then combined with Instagram becoming so popular that this idea of having to put together a cheese board that's absolutely drop-dead gorgeous can create paralysis in someone who like is like, I don't know, that's like, this isn't my jam or I don't really do this. I think that just spreading butcher paper over, you know, or craft paper over a table and kind of just throwing things on it and taking a Sharpie and writing and putting arrows can be very fun. And the messiness of it, the like uncomposed nature of it is actually part of the appeal and part of what makes it attractive. Like as you stand back and look at the spread instead of this like perfectly composed, you know, cheese board that's all contained. Yes. I will share a ton of photos in the show notes, but I I just want to add that we also do like snack boards of leftovers and cheese boards of leftovers. And like, I will just put that on a baking sheet sometimes. Like it doesn't have to be fancy for your family, one. And sometimes like making it feel a little more lowbrow makes it more approachable for people. It makes them more comfortable. So, but what about for, do you have any shortcuts for making it look beautiful if you're making a kid-friendly cheese plate for entertaining, like for the holiday season. Yeah. Maybe you're having friends over for New Year's Eve or what? Yeah. Cause we do do this. Like, um, I shared it on my Instagram where I'm at Megan underscore Splawn that we do a snack board, cheese board for Halloween. And we also do the same thing for new, we do noon year's Eve. So we have our friends come over at like 11 and we do a balloon drop at noon on new year's Eve. Um, and we always make a big cheese board for this. So I think we should talk about like, what are components of a cheese board, which obviously there's always cheese. I like to, for a family-friendly board, choose like two interesting cheeses. Manchego is a great choice and goat cheese is a great choice. And those are two different textures, but they're also mild in flavor. And some kids like those, but grownups also like them. And then I pick something really mild that's like a semi-soft cheese, like a cheddar or a Colby that's specifically like for the kids. You don't have to do that many cheeses. You could do like a hard, dry aged cheese and then also like a semi-soft kid's cheese. So cheese always. Meat is optional, but I always like to include it. We do a lot of prosciutto. We do salami. Sometimes we do pepperoni. Then I think there's this like section of it that's produce. You can use dry fruit, fresh fruit, fruit preserves count, sliced veggies um, of all sorts. Even roasted veggies, I think, can be really nice on a cheese board or snack board. And then I think there always has to be this like crunchy component, which a lot of people like you'd assume that that's crackers, but it could also be pretzels. It could be those sort of like pea puffs. Do you know what I'm talking about? They're like, they look like a pea and they're kind of crunchy and salty. You could do chickpea puffs. We've done popcorn as the crunchy. Obviously nuts are a great option. CD crackers, 
lots of options in the crunch department. And then dips are also really great, especially if you're doing raw fruit and veg raw veggies, sliced veggies. Um, so hummus, we do like yogurt ranch a lot. You know how I feel about ranch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but since we talked about the sauce episode and I've written about it on Kitchen, my new go-to, so good, Greek yogurt and garlic chili oil, just like swirl them together, two ingredient dip and everyone loves it. And then other cheese plate professionals would be like, oh, you should put a little garnish on there. So like maybe some dry, some fresh herbs or like a cinnamon stick or whatever. I never do that. Like that's such a waste to me. I'm never going to put flowers on a cheese plate for kids. I have at I Halloween. I totally disagree. Do you? <laughs> yeah, totally. At Halloween, I've done like the, we have these little food picks. Do you know what those are? It's yeah. like a toothpick, but yeah. it's long lasting and they ha they're like eyeballs. Yep. Um, so I do that on our Halloween board, which now as I'm saying that, I'm like, oh, I could just do like pretty food picks or like different festive ones. But yeah, I, ne I never do a garnish on a cheese plate. So but I you do. Yeah, I do. So I have okay. pretty much the same elements. Uh, Manchego is also one of my go-to cheeses. I don't like goat cheese. So I often wow, go wow, to- Wow, 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 wow. Really? I feel surprised. <laughs> oh, I can't. It's like, you know how some people say cilantro coats their mouth? Okay. Yeah. And that's like considered not an allergy, like but like a, a an aversion. It's like a biological reaction. I've yeah. heard that it's genetic. I have that with goat cheese. Okay. I it's never really knew weird. This. It like coats my mouth, like the tiniest amount totally coats my mouth with a really terrible flavor. It's weird. Like I can detect the tiniest amount. I'm like, oh, there's goat cheese somewhere here. This is like, really good to know. Completely covers my mouth. So I often go with uh Robiola. Okay. For my like soft cheese. I also love brie. Yes. So also, you can get like nice cream cheeses or ricottas as a, as your soft cheese option. So too. I actually do that as my dip. Oh, okay. like I'll yeah, use those fair. as my dip. So always have cheese. And then for the kids, my kids really like cheese. So I'll get more than one, but some like kid-friendly cheeses that I think of um, my kids don't like Swiss, but that's one. My kids love Pepper Jack and Colby Jack, mild cheddar. Although I often like to put a really nice smoked cheddar or like mm. hard cheddar on my plate for adults. And that's like when I'm entertaining. So yeah. I would do like a pared down version for just dinner. Mozzarella, always fresh mozzarella. Kids can't get enough of that stuff. Like the little tiny balls. Yes. Plus those are fun. Adults like those too. Oh, totally. Yeah. So good. Uh, always meet too on ours. Uh, Sopressata is really big for us. Prosciutto and sometimes just like a good country smoked ham. Like I like that. Yes. Can I add something while we're in sure. talking about meat? Which is if you don't, if you choose not to do meat on a cheese board, I think something else that's like salty and meaty like olives is really nice. Yeah, so I'm glad you mentioned that because I always put olives and cornichon on mine. Oh, yeah. Because mm -hmm. I like briny. I feel like briny, salty is a big, important component. Um, and then for the dips, that's where I'll go with like uh, either like a tzatziki, a hummus, a fresh ricotta that like I whip a little mm -hmm. um, or like feta whipped with a little bit of like sour cream to make it like a crumbly like feta almost like in between a dip and actually just chunking feta and putting it on the board like a cheese plate always something crunchy but like you said i always add something other than the crackers i really love marcona almonds that's a great 
choice too. They're just really, they don't have any skin on them and they have been roasted. They're a little like greasy in the best way and very salty. So love those. They can be pricey in some markets though. I know I was going to add, you know, what's also a great alternative to that and feels really fun and kid-friendly, not actual corn nuts, but corn nuts. And you can oh, like, yeah. like at Whole Foods, you can find them near the cheese section where the Marcona almonds are. They're like crunchy fried corn pieces. They're so good. And if I don't, clearly I like a smoky element on my plate because I've mentioned, you know, smoked cheese or like smoked turkey. If I don't have something else that's smoky, another possibility is smoked almonds to get to that. And then I'm really big on the vegetables. Like I do lots of them. So I love if I can find them. And like, these are the tricks where I balance like some inexpensive things with some like more splurgy things. Like if you can find not baby carrots in a bag that have that same like uniform shape, but like real baby carrots that are small, petite carrots, right. With the top still on. Yeah. Those look gorgeous because you can just cut them in half and they're thin enough to munch on, but then they have that beautiful spear-like shape and sometimes a green top that I think looks very pretty. Or if you're going to just buy a bag of baby carrots, sometimes you can find rainbow colored baby carrots and that gives nice color and dimension to your plate if you're entertaining. Um, Baby cherry tomatoes, if you can find uh, a container that still has some with the tops on, that looks very pretty too. Uh, I usually add snap peas, cucumber, again, the little like smaller Persian cucumbers can be cut up and look very beautiful and have that spear-like thing. So you're really wanting to vary texture and shape on your board. And color. And color, right. And then um, I put fruit usually. And I also like jam. I like fig jam or apricot jam are two options that I like with cheese. In the winter, just cracking a pomegranate open and like kind of with your hands, just cutting it into quarters. So you get that beautiful natural divide. It's not just like a clear cut from a knife, a clear slice line and kind of nestle that on or blackberries, like those nice, like deeply rich colored fruits, I think look really beautiful on a board. We talked a little bit about putting things on toothpicks. So adding things that also gives you some nice variation on shape. And then the garnish I really like putting like, take a big sprig of sage and put it around as a garnish. Or when I can find edible flowers, I actually really like it. I don't know. I mean, Oliver will just go to an herb garden and pick out herbs and eat it. Like he eats basil straight, he eats like mint straight. So I know it doesn't actually get eaten and it can seem like a waste or maybe it actually is a waste of herbs but I think it looks beautiful and like who knows someone might eat it like I definitely wash it I make sure it's edible and I think that the flowers I like flowers for two reasons one is I think it's a really fun element to tell kids like oh my god you can eat those flowers it piques their interest it's super fun And the other thing is I really like using flowers, especially when I've used a store-bought cheese plate Mm -hmm. and I dress it up. So I buy one fancy cheese. The rest is just cube cheddar, like the basics. I take it off that plastic tray and I just rearrange it on my own tray and I start adding just like three or four homemade elements and then flowers And nobody knows that most of that was a very affordable, very easy to buy supermarket 
cheese plate. Well, Stacey, now everybody knows. Well, now everybody knows. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. At least if they listened to Didn't I Just Feed You. And that is everybody. <laughs> and that is everybody. Talking about the garnish makes me feel like I really don't actually cook with fresh herbs enough at home. And maybe that's why I'm a little oh, adverse that's to interesting. it. I feel like during the holidays is the time where I'm most likely to buy fresh herbs and use them. I guess because I feel like if I buy like a whole little one of those little clamshell shells of rosemary, like I never use it up all up before it goes bad. So one of the things I I'm known, like like to do is to buy the poultry blend where you get like a couple sprigs of thyme, a couple bay sage leaves. leaves. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. So that's like a nice way to do it. But I now I feel challenged this season, this cheese board do season, it. if you will, yeah. to do more garnish. Yeah, rosemary looks gorgeous and it's very wintry feeling. It looks like, you know, pine tree-ish. Yeah. <laughs> it's the thick woody stem and then the rosemary I think it's the one off. least likely to be eaten. Yes, you're probably right. Too. Although Oliver probably would. I don't know. He's like really obsessed with herbs. But I do, I always have, always, 100% of the time have cilantro in my house. We yes. put cilantro in so much. I am cilantro-averse. I am one of those people oh, who it so tastes like soap to me or feels like soap to me. Yeah. So we always have cilantro. We very frequently have... Um, Oregano, I don't know, maybe that's a Greek thing. Um, rosemary, chives, I always have chives. Mm. So anyway, a lot. Those are Even great. scallions, though. Like, if you get pretty green onions, like, you can tuck those in. I mean, get creative. Yeah, I feel challenged now to be like, what can I use as garnish? Yeah. And feel like it's not weird. Or feel like it's my signature, maybe. I want to talk about real practical stuff of making a cheese or a snack board, especially for entertaining. Um, I bet you have tips. The first one that comes to my mind is if you are serving pistachios or any kind of shelled nuts or olives with their pits still in them, you've got to put a little empty bowl either right next to the cheese bowl, cheese board, or on it and maybe just put like one pistachio shell in it so that it signals to people. This is what this bowl is here for. Yeah. Um, I think I think pre-cutting cheese is very helpful. Sometimes if I'm like using a block of cheese, I'll cut like two-thirds of it into small pieces or slices and then leave the rest to make the display beautiful. But I think that helps people. Like if you just put the hunks of cheese on the cheese board, people are like, I don't want to be the first one. Yes, yes, yes. I don't want to do it. I don't want to cut into that wheel of brie. Although you or- know who is always willing? I mean, I am right here, (laughs) (laughs) but I think, you know, not everyone is like knows where to start. It's like, here, start here. This is already cut up for you. Also, that just makes the plate look more beautiful. If you slice things and dice things a little bit, again, it's like adding that texture. Also, I always like to make sure I have a few different types of serving utensils, like whether it's tiny tongs or a couple cheese knives, (laughs) toothpicks are great. What else, Stacey? What are other practical things for a cheese board? I don't know. I think you're doing a great job. Oh, little like spoons or spreaders for like your dips, your jam, anything like that. Hummus. Um, Because let me tell you, double dipping is a real serious problem in the month of December. I I see you. Worst time to do it, I see you, people. Germs abound. I see you, people, double dipping. So hosts hostesses, whatever you want to call yourself, please help people out. Suggest that they use a spreader by putting it in the dip. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> or if you're a guest, be like, hey, is there a spoon for this dip? Hey, yeah. Is there a spoon for this jelly? Like, like ask it. that question. I think that's okay. Um, <laughs> also, in the vein of like keeping germs in check, I do like to put tiny plates, whether they're like so do I. real plates or um, paper plates next to a cheese board, because I feel like, and maybe this is just all in my mind, feel free to agree or disagree. I feel like if you can give people a little plate where they can pick like a couple of things that they want to eat off the cheese board and then eat directly from that, it's less double dipping. It's less sharing of germs if everyone's like just going back and forth and back and forth. Are we germaphobes? <laughs> like, this is a very I weird... I am not a germaphobe at all. Like, I don't I... think I am either. I mean, I might be a little bit. I don't know. When my kids eat disgusting things, like when they were really little and they'd like eat stuff they dropped on the ground, I'm like, yeah, it's building their immunity. But I think, I don't know, sharing food is a thing where people get really freaked out about germs. I hear you. And rightly so. I think those are all the good practical tips. Um, I bet you people want a couple of tips on how to compose yeah. a cheese board for entertaining. And I think it's really hard to do verbally. So I don't want us to linger on it. Could I give a couple but tips? But yeah, that's exactly really what I was going to okay. say. I do actually have a video of build a time-lapse building my Halloween snack board that I could share. And maybe before this episode air- airs, no promises, maybe I'll have time to record another one. Yeah, but I'd be happy to do, do one too. I can do an IGTV. Yeah, that'd be really fun. Yeah, I start with um, the biggest things first, which are usually like my two or three cheeses. And I set them down on my board or platter or table, brown paper, whatever. First, just whole to get placement for them. And then I pick out a couple small dishes for things like almonds, dips, um, place for people to put their olive pits. Those go down next. And then that's sort of like your framework. If you could kind of arrange them in thinking about the rule of threes, where it's like one's going to be in one third of your board, one is going to be in the lower third of the board, and then maybe one's like in the middle bottom third of your board, then it's really easy to just sort of like stack or shingle the other things around the cheese and the bowls. And then I like once I feel like I'm 90% of the way, that's when I'll cut my cheese and place it back on the board and fill those little bowls up. Yes. So I think that's great. I don't want to like linger on this too much because I think visuals are much clearer. The one thing I will say is, or add, is don't be afraid to break up. Like if you have one kind of cracker, like all of those of the single variety don't need to be in the same spot. Yes. Like, so let's say you have Triscuits and Cheez-Its, I don't know, or water crackers. Actually place the crackers in three or four different spots on your board. And you can split the portion of Triscuits up and then have all the water crackers in one area or split the water crackers up too. So that way you're getting like nice patterns across the whole board instead of like big clumps. (laughs) You know, cucumbers can go in two different places. Um, And you just want to like stand back and see what looks pretty and what kind of spreads the color around. Yes. Avoid the clump. Avoid the clump. I I mean, like we're just dropping gems. I feel like we could do a whole other cheese plate episode talking about shopping. So I just want to add two things because I know we're short on time today, which is Trader Joe's is a great place where you can go and get like a bunch of things to build a cheese board for under $30. 
And st don't forget Stacy's tip of like buy a pre-made cheese plate or even a crudite platter and then just add the cheeses and crackers to it. Like you don't have to do all of this from scratch and we don't want you to. Totally. And I, okay. So a couple of other quick takeaways. One is that I know on Instagram, you see these like super loaded boards that like every nook and cranny is covered. Don't be afraid to leave space too. Like Ooh, your yeah. board doesn't have to be covered. You can have like one kid-friendly cheese, one adult cheese, a little bowl of Marcona almonds, a little bowl of olives. Maybe like, again, this is the garnish thing. I can't help myself. Like a piece of honeycomb is always really mm -hmm. beautiful and like can go pair nicely with the cheese, some fresh fruit and like leave space. Like it really doesn't have to be this highly composed thing or even that like the big graze platters you were talking about. Mm -hmm. Like There's take space. a yeah, like take yeah. a cutting board and put a piece of butcher paper over it and like it doesn't have to be your whole table. And create space and use a little marker to say here's what's, you know, all the different places, like label all the different things on it. Yes. I want to add, and we'll try, I'll try to dig it up. This is going to be the longest episode where we're like, and I want to add, and I would like to add, let me just add here. Food 52 wrote this great story. I think it was several years ago now, but I'll find it and put it in the show notes about this idea of picking one cheese and oh. making it the hero of your cheese plate. Like you don't have to go all in on four different cheeses. You can pick one and it can be the star. I love that they did that. And I think you should totally consider it if it resonates with you. I would not do that. You, because you're a maximalist. I'm like, what? One cheese. If you're I show like, up and they're like, cheese one cheese. Me. Cheese, cheese me. Me. Cheese me. Okay, <laughs> you guys, don't forget we're on break for the next two weeks. We would love to hear from you on Instagram on and on Facebook where you can find us as Didn't I Just Feed You. You can also join our private listeners group on Facebook. The answer to the question is whiskey, painkillers, or your favorite cocktail when you're prompted to answer a question to get into the group. Eggnog. Um... And I just want to add that even though we're taking two weeks off of publishing episodes, that doesn't mean we're not going to be in your hair and chatting and around. So definitely, definitely be visiting us on social media because we'll be there posting about cheese boards. <laughs> also, with this little break, that gives you plenty of time to make sure that you are subscribed to Didn't I Just Feed You so you don't miss a single episode. We will be back first thing in January with Catherine McCord talking smoothies. And if you like what you hear, please tell your friends about us. That can be your winter holiday gift to us. Rate and review us. It makes us so, so happy. Damn, I really should have said the one thing I want for Christmas is for I everyone know. to subscribe. <laughs> Our music is Good Old Times by Alex Cohen, provided by Jamendo. A huge thank you to our editors, Jeremy N., Samantha Gatsik, and the team at Counterweight Creative. I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. Stay sane and well-fed until next week. And hey, guys, all joking aside, thank you so, so much for your support. This is the season of thanks, and we just want to let you know how much we appreciate you listening and tuning in every week. It means the world to us. And we hope that you'll engage with us and let us know what you want to hear in 2020 because we're, we're doing it another year of Didn't I Just Feed You. Don't forget to smash all five stars on iTunes. Or leave us a review. 